Okay, cool. We got that clean. So I can just sort of spice that however I want. I can sort of do whatever I want with that. We got that clean. Good. <laughs> tell, tell Brittany I do have Final Cut. And if she if she wants it out of there, I'll show me a little cash. Yeah, Brittany, I docu-signed something that gave him final edit. I, I don't know what to do. Like, I would call my lawyer, but I think there's conflict of interest because he's already called Brooks. Welcome to Two Guys in a Wedding, a podcast where we watch wedding movies to become the perfect wedding guests on the planet. I am Chris. Hey, I'm Josh. How's it going, guys? How's it going? Good. Oh, you said guys. You said plural. Yeah. I, I'm, what does I that mean? To be as inclusive as possible in general, but today is also a very special day, Chris. It is a special day because today, Joshua, we have our first guest. Who is it? It's Dylan, the groom. The groom. The groom. The one that we are all trying to impress. Dylan, are you there? I'm here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, what an honor it is to be here. Thank you so much for coming. We have so many questions for you. But first, you actually picked a movie for us today. And it kicks off our holiday season. I don't know what it is with Christmas and wedding movies, but there seems to be a niche where they cross over pretty heavily. And today you picked yeah, so a Christmas Prince. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, once again, thank you guys so much for having me on. You guys sent me this big, <laughs> long list of wedding movies in an Excel sheet, which I was like, how did they, did they actually manually type all of these movies into the Excel sheet? Chris I created yes. an algorithm and it broke down the internet <laughs> into small segments. It's a lot of movies to be physically typed into an Excel sheet. Anyway, that's a conversation for, that's a podcast for another day. But I, I was scrolling through it and I, nothing really jumped out to me except for one. And it was uh, a Christmas Prince. Wed, uh, royal Wedding. The Royal Wedding. Mm -hmm. That's the, <laughs> the sequel to the first. Yeah, because it, it confuses the hell out of me. And I'll tell you why. Because it's a Christmas Prince the Royal Wedding, which is the second one. The first one's called A Christmas Prince, right? Yes. Drop the the. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was also doubly confused because I swear this is the movie. This was with Vanessa Hutchins. I no, thought we oh, were. Mm -hmm. I thought we were watching The Princess Switch. <laughs> so I got on Netflix and I was like, oh, I'm, Am I in the right place? I was in the right place, but um, yeah. Uh, Look, I was shocked you picked this movie. <laughs> Type in the word Prince and Christmas into Netflix. I guarantee you will get more than two dozen films, as I saw. Because I was just like, yeah, I saw The Prince. There's a uh, Netflix movie called Christmas with a Prince. Not Christmas oh, yeah. Prince, but they have the two words bolded as if they're trying to sneak in this movie into your queue as well. Um, I, I'm a big fan of it. There are so many movies that are princes and Chris, like royalty and Christmas and then some like small town girl involved i i don't know what the netflix algorithm has like deciphered or picked up about this current zeitgeist but Chris, it thinks that we want a ton of those movies we're all the small town girl waiting for our christmas prince okay i think that's that's what we should take away from that i'll tell you what I it guess. points to dollar signs baby because these movies <laughs> make money that's what it all comes down to you think they wouldn't be making christmas prince 3 
without making some money along the way? I don't think so. I That's can't right. wait to, t- I mean, I'm here. I'm excited to talk about <laughs> a Christmas spirit for the Royal Wedding, but I can't wait to talk about the third one. And I'm sure you guys watched the, tr- the trailer for the third one, at least right after the second one, but we'll get to that I, later. I, ha- I haven't yet, but I think that's that's a good touchdown to, to touch on, Dylan, is that we haven't seen the first one, or at least I haven't. None of us <laughs> well, No, I thought you were going to watch You said you were going to watch it. I thought one of I us was, was going you told to. Us. I didn't have the stamina. <laughs> it was late last night, and I was like, do I have enough in my soul to put in both Christmas Prince Part 1 and 2? And I was like, no, I don't. Because let me tell you this. I watched the trailer for Christmas Prince 2. I realized that years ago, I did watch like, uh, like a fucking like Red Letter Media-esque review of Christmas Prince 1. And then, let me, yeah, I, I remembered that I saw it and then I, I found out everything I needed to. We'll get into it later, but it's pretty interesting stuff. I now, this sort of throws a wrench into my plan because <laughs> I had so many questions about the first one that I needed answers. Oh, in brief passing, this is what my impressions of what the first one is. It's actually very interesting. So a American girl, a la Fifty Shades of Grey, she gets sent to Aldovia to do like a piece on the incoming king the dude that she what's the guy's name okay first of all i already don't like your description because she's nothing like the woman from it's the same thing where it's like you know the the lady writer gets sent in to do an interview that she's like i don't know and then she's so passive in 50 shades of gray (laughs) this woman is active to a fault full-time income from her personal blog yes okay okay so she goes to aldovia um richard is the dude's name right yes king richard okay King Richard, excuse me, yes. Oh, he's the prince. Yes. Sorry. Yes. But Royalty. he's, yes. in the movie we're watching, he's King Richard. Yes. Now in, he's king. In the first movie, he is the incoming king because his father has just died. And so it's him transitioning, and she's there to write a piece about it. And then there's a whole bunch of fish out of water. I'm an American in a crazy, not English kingdom, but it's England, basically. Aldovia. Aldovia, kingdom of Aldovia. Very conveniently, not England. Anyway, so she goes Albion. there. Of fish out of water America thing, which they do again here, I guess. It's like, oh, I don't know what's the customs here, but they we'll get into that. It, it, the whole plot is actually like this secret, like political drama where the King Richard or the Prince incoming King Richard, he's actually adopted. And like, it's a secret that's about to come out. It's actually like the, the dead King lives, a, leaves a riddle to be discovered. And there's like a birth document hidden inside an ornament. It's a much different movie than, you the, than the one it? we just saw. I didn't watch it. I just kind of, I reviewed what was it about. And then Simon, the evil cousin who was a character in the movie we just saw, he tries mm. to undermine this and tries to reveal to everyone that he's not the real, like, by birth son of the king he was secretly adopted and so he tries to do that to gain power and to become the next king uh it's thwarted i believe everyone still accepts him as the king and it's just well like, it never comes up again it never comes we up again. That. yeah and yeah. because like everyone understands oh family so you choose yada 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 movie ends. she falls in love with the now king and they get engaged and here we are that throws another wrench into what i wanted to ask because now i have way more questions that i didn't have before all my questions had nothing to do with what you said. I will say, maybe, having not seen the movie and only seen like a review of that first movie, it seems a lot more interesting than the plot of this movie, I will say. So, do they say that she's a fish out of water, and does she say that a bunch of times? Uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure. She like goes there, and it's like, oh, Aldovia, what is this place? Uh, I'm American. What's Oh, the royalty, you guys are rich? What? Because uh. in this one, she says that they're constantly in a fish bowl. Oh, she says that three different times and I I was annoyed by that. But now that I'm even more annoyed because she's like, I'm a fish out of water and now I'm in a fish bowl. It's like they can't (laughs) 
figure out the fuck they're talking about. All right, so let's let's just get right into it. We open up on a beautiful New York City Central Park covered in snow. Best city. It's on the Earth, greatest. Baby. Greatest yeah. city in the world. Greatest city in the Home world. Home Alone 2 Christmas time, baby. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I was looking for a kid who had been abandoned by his family. It was the first thing I started to look for in that opening shot. Didn't get it. And there's a little bit of a recap. Amber talks about her time in the first movie. It's an emotional recap, which is kind of funny, which is like what she was just thinking about in the first one. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm all caught up. Hearing now what the first one's about, I feel like I wasn't caught up at all. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. It, yeah, based off of... I, I was pretty sure, like, watching this movie that I, I figured out what had happened in the first one and, and based off of Joshua's analysis, and I'm looking through my notes right now, which, by the way, um, two and a half pages. <laughs> handwritten, well, no, two, guys. two and an eighth pages, but handwritten. Um, two and eighth that pages. I just don't, I, I didn't get hardly anything of what happened in the first one. I just thought that there was, like, a little romance going on between them. Sort of like, again, fish out of water stuff. Oh, she doesn't know the customs, but she gets to learn them. And I thought she would get to love them because then she wants to marry the fucking king. But obviously she doesn't love them. In this movie, she seems to have no idea what the fuck's going on again. It's like she doesn't know what she signed up for, despite the fact that it's been a full year since the ending things of of Christmas Prince 1. You think she would have some some lead up to this. And there's a montage. While she's talking about the first movie, there's a montage of flights. Basically, planes taking off and landing and passports getting stamped. We don't see them at all. They must have been really trying to save money on this. And it was just all royalty-free planes taking off and landing. And we just see her flying a ton. So she is visiting back and forth a crazy amount and still has no idea what the customs are or what she's signing up for. Or she doesn't even meet half the people, apparently, well, uh, that she's supposed yeah, to Yeah, and when she gets to the castle, too, she's... Like shocked. Yeah. What happens in the first one? Doesn't she know that she's marrying a prince? <laughs> also, yeah, the first one and these trips, both of these movies, she should have seen and met so many of these people and has chosen not to, or they were like hiding her. What, what, Joshua answers. What's the villain's name again? Avril, the 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 lady who's trying to get her to to go along. She's not the villain. She's, she's yeah. a villain of circumstance, Joshua. Oh, okay, Simon's right. the villain. Pick a side. Simon's not the villain in this movie. <laughs> Simon's well, he's the, the, the first villain. Oh, can Simon's, we talk yeah. about this one? I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> anywho, anywho, yeah, she shows up, and uh, yeah, let's just continue with the movie. So they're going back. Well, before forth. she shows up, I want to bring something up here because they land at the airport uh, in Aldova with her Aldova, pop, whatever, with pops, with her dad, dead mom, mom's dead. We obviously probably found that out in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to bring this up because we've done half a dozen movies so far. Half of those movies have featured dead mothers, <laughs> mm. and one of those movies has a mother killed in the movie. Yes. So wow. it's the, the zombie one. I don't know if you listened to the uh, Rec Genesis one. She's shot because she turns into a zombie. <laughs> oh, tragic. Before the wedding? No, it's during the ceremony. Oh. It's after. Or no, no, no it's no, during it's the reception. After. During yeah, the reception. Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, they, they're wedded um, at that point. So yeah, keep that in our in our back pockets. What does it? What's mean? the deal with that? Though? Motherhood. Like, why so many dead moms? Yes, transitions into marriage, married life, and motherhood apparently involves dead moms a lot. I don't know why. All right, so she shows up. She meets, I guess, the royal court, and she meets like the advisors, and the the dad is some schlubby New Yorker. Hey, hey, oh, I'm New York. Hey, he's come drunk. On. I mean, we, we all agree that he's drunk for the first 25% of this movie. Like, he's been drinking on the plane. He's he's way mm. too handsy with everyone. Like, even for an American, like, you don't just start touching everybody all the time. He's touching, like, the, all, the, all the members of the royal court. Uh, I will say, before we get to there, they arrive at the airport. They try to get a taxi. 
and some guy goes into the dad's taxi and <laughs> and he basically says, I'm not trying to steal ta- your taxi. I just have. And then goes off. He gives himself a name. What, what the fuck is Sahil? Sahil. 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 The last time we'll ever see Sahil, I'm sure, right? So that's the thing is that I thought it was so cool that this guy gives himself a name and he's like, Sahil steals whatever taxi he wants and then drives away forever. I'm like, this one bit character like has a name and like has an attitude. This is awesome. But then we do see him later, unfortunately. Um, I loved that part of the movie at that point. Not unfortunately. I'm glad we see him later because he takes the role of the wedding planner, which is very important for our purposes. Sahil is the wedding planner. We needed to meet him and see him in action. Uh, not as good as J-Lo, by the way. Yeah. As a, in are. terms of wedding planner status. I, I think there's like... a lot we're going to have to question about Sahil's wedding planning. A lot. And about the choice of Sahil. But did you guys notice, too, when they're at the airport, um, we could stay for 45 minutes at the airport. There's a lot. I'm not even going to touch <laughs> on the newspapers. Uh, let me just say. It's, it's so, so dense. It's yeah. so dense. There's so much going on. Okay. The, Check off that bingo marker. Yeah. She's standing there with her dad, and the taxi pulls away, and she says, I don't think we're going to need a taxi, Dad. I think the royal limos are here. Camera pans over. There's three black cars. One's a BMW, one's a sedan, and I think the other's like a BMW SUV. None of them are limos. And they just look (laughs) like, they're not like, there's no pomp, there's no circumstance. It's just three black cars. And she's like, oh, I think it's taken care of, Dad. (laughs) Also, shouldn't she know that already? What was she taking cabs the whole time she was there? Well, she did. She did mention that she was trying to keep a low profile. So maybe she went into, you know, just the general boarding groups, got out at the main terminal. Maybe previously she arrived at like the private jet runway or something like that. Her her ignorance of the royal family of this country is not endearing. And if anything, it just makes me frustrated because it's just like you chose to learn nothing about the person you're marrying, (laughs) his family, his country, his culture, nothing. I know the movie wants us to feel a certain way about tradition and bucking tradition, but there is a certain extent where it becomes too much. And I think she does cross over the line in this movie several times (laughs) when it's just like, hey, you know what? The mom wanted you to wear this dress. Why don't you just wear the dress for tradition's sake? No, it's my wedding. I'm going to do it the way I, you know. We but. need we need Meghan Markle to chime in. Um, she's not too far. Uh, we need to get her on this podcast and ask her her opinions of Christmas, Christmas Prince too. Because who better to talk about an American going into a royal wedding than our dear neighbor, Mrs. Markle? It's a great okay. idea. Yeah, we'll probably get her as a guest at some point. I think that that's pretty obvious at this point. Yeah. She wants to be a guest on this podcast. I saw her at Trader Joe's earlier today. She said, what's up? And I thought that was weird because we never met. Um, and, and she didn't have a mask on. Yeah. Like, ooh, all right. And she was checking you out, like, at the counter. She was at the cash register checking you out. Yeah, and I don't think. It didn't make me feel good. It didn't make me feel good. Yeah. And more more on that later. There's a little introduction. Everyone's sort of uneasy about, like, oh, this New Yorker, this Amber woman. (laughs) We do like her, though. I'm sure they had to cover that in the first movie. Then they were like, okay, you're going to have your own suite before, you know, you're married. That was so dumb that she's amazed by a suite. Like, in this house that she has literally stayed in before. Joshua, Joshua, she, he goes, this is your suite. And she says, sweet. And I was bussing up laughing. <laughs> I was bussing up laughing. I was like, this girl is funny. This Bussin movie is funny. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. And this is something I wanted to talk about, too. I don't know if this is just because I have more modern sensibilities, but I don't think this, this is, like, not impressive. Like, this looks like a museum house that you would go into. And I'm like, I wouldn't be comfortable in this place. This looks terrible. All the furniture looks uncomfortable. 
the whole country of Aldovia, I have a whole <laughs> section in my notes because I, I just got so curious about the lore behind Aldovia that I just started taking notes about everything I started learning about Aldovia, like from when she lands. It's not a long list, unfortunately. <laughs> but what I do know is that this country of Aldovia is struggling. It's struggling. And like the royal palace is really nice, but I don't know. It's not holiday movie like over the top nice like the christmas decorations around as she's you know getting shown up to her room it's like it's a lot of tinsel and red bolts yeah. um i don't know yes by the way everyone uh dylan our friend here a christmas decoration professional actually um uh, yeah i am doubly qualified for this episode because i'm the group let's, let's pump the brakes on that though let's pump the brakes on that we'll get into that because we do have <laughs> questions about the christmas elements of this movie and I just want to wait until a little bit after. Let's get through whatever. I'll plot wait to there disclose is. my expertise later on. I will say yeah. to add on to what Dylan said, from what I understand of the review that I remember to seeing <laughs> about this movie, <laughs> is that uh, Aldovia is basically like Christmas all year. It is its heritage. It is a Christmas land, is oh. from what I understand. Yes. That's... So Christmas and Aldovia go together like, you know, Christmas and Aldovia. Yeah, I mean, it's good luck in Aldovia when it snows near Christmas. It's it's, <laughs> it's rigged. It's rigged. That's yeah, pretty, pretty much a given. I'm not crazy about that one. Um, okay. Okay. That's, that's really weird. She's given her suite. Then there was a reception. The only thing I want to talk about the reception, it's like, oh, clearly they're not on the same page here. He's really busy being the king. Miss Av- Mrs. Avril or whatever. She is super strict about what she can and can't do. She's sort of the press liaison, uh, public relations person for the royal family. There is one moment in the reception, though, that bothered me where I was just like, they want to establish that the food's gross. So the dad eats what looks to be just like a piece of ham on a cracker or whatever, and they add in the grossest, wettest sound effect for him eating it that doesn't match the food at all. Just so that he can give a f- and then like it comes across. Hey, they say New York. Oh man, <laughs> exactly. This isn't a New York piece of ham. Yeah, it's it's literally ham on a cracker, and he's he's disgusted by it. Uh, the princess, who I forget her name, um, Amber. What, what's her name? Amber? No, no, not not Amber, because she's the queen to be. Amber. Oh my the, god, the, I can't. Our main character, right? Wait, who's yes, the, the younger the queen? Sister? Right, the, the 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 the. I don't know the older lady. Princess so Emily she... is the current princess. Oh, Princess right. Emily. Oh, oh, God, I love her. I have so much to talk about with Princess She's Emily. She's wheelchair-bound for everybody uh, at home picturing yes. this. Yes, exactly. Uh, princess Emily, she is, first of all, just right off the bat, she's the only actor that cares about what's going on here. She's giving it her all. And then... Um, she does a solid job. She went to acting school. That's all I got yeah. to say. She did. She did. She, she's and got she chops. she passed. <laughs> And she agrees with the dad that, oh, it's meat jelly. It's disgusting. He then takes this opportunity to be like, hey, introduce me to the chef of your place. Because I got a thing or two to shit tell them. New York style, baby. Which, Which is, is so abs- disrespectful. Abs- you're in a foreign country. You're mis- visiting your, your in-laws for the first time. Like You've eaten one thing since you've been here. <laughs> and you think you know the cuisine. Yeah. To be fair, if it is based on England, which it pretty much is, I guess he has a point. It's not like English food is stellar. By okay. Any means. Oh, I've heard that shit all the time. I guess you would know better. I think it's interesting. I'm just, I'm just gonna say that Eng- English food is interesting. I don't think you it's know? as bad as people make it out to be, it, the but stereotype, it's not stellar yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, pub right. food is pretty good. You know, it's what you expect. Let's agree to disagree. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up eating English food. 
all right? Bubble and squeak, toad in the hole, bangers and mash. You don't get it. You don't know what I've been what through. What did he just say to me? <laughs> what did he just say to me? So he meets the chef, hardened Russian woman. Uh, I've back. got her name. I've got her name. I wrote it down. <laughs> chef Ivana. Oh. Oh, Chef Ivana. Ivana or Ivana? Ivana. Ivana. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm pretty, spelled it out phonetically. I'm yes. pretty sure about that. They say her name probably one or two times. <laughs> After this, it's established because the king gets taken away again. They talk and he says, I'm trying to bring this country into the 21st century. But unfortunately, while my plans to do that are going down, we are bleeding money. We're having an economic crisis. People are out of work. Unions are going on, are thinking about going on strike. And But at least the wedding's going to be nice. He drops in at the end. Which establishes the stakes for people in this movie. Amber's stake, she cares more about this fucking wedding than the stake of this country that she's in. And that's so cringy throughout the movie. It's like this... Well, let's just talk about the whole... <laughs> All right, I'm writing this movie. I've got to write the sequel to A Christmas Prince, and now they're going to get married. Like, what's going to be, like, the general flavor of the movie? Economic recession? <laughs> Where did that come from? The so whole the- movie is about, like, working class, uh, unions, strikes. That's a majority of the movie is, like... Embezzlement? S- stimulus. Okay, the first... And, and, and it's brought up several times that... Aldovia, and as you said it, Chris, is bleeding money. I am not an <laughs> they economist. They said that at least two to three times. <laughs> I am not an economist. But I don't think that that's how country, national economics work, that we're just bleeding money out of Aldovia. No, they, go, they go more, even more into that. They're like, the modernization, modernization <laughs> initiative is what they called it, is working. We're having Aldovians make roads for the first time ever, apparently. <laughs> Make roads, make schools, make hospitals. And great. tech. But, and tech. And tech. And that's one Big of the... tech. And, and, and tech is being used now. We're now in doing tech. <laughs> so they're doing it for the first time, and they're saying it's working, but for some reason we're losing money. And they literally say for some reason multiple times. They're like, we don't know why we're losing money. There is not a single economist or even an accountant in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Who's bothered it's- to look at the books. No yeah. one's the looked books. at the books. It, took, it would take three seconds to figure out what the issue is, and nobody bothers to do it's it. It's not until the third act that we get to the actual source of the issue, despite it being... You know how she found out what the source of the issue is? I Asking do. somebody who how they lost their job. That's literally the, like the, the undercover conspiracy mm-hmm. is revealed by asking a dude what, what got you laid off. But anyway, we'll get to that. Eventually. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, he, d- he makes a little speech to calm the nerves of the country in this hectic time. It's coming up to Christmas, so their ner- nerves need to be calmed because it's time to celebrate. Uh, while he's giving this speech, basically half the crowd is there to protest him. And the crowd is hilarious. Again, it's it's so established, so hard through the accents that this is England. And like during, while they're like protesting, the one that stood out to me is the one guy who just said, You bloody bloke! All right, <laughs> <laughs> you bloody bloke! That's like the he's shouting that. I would have been great to see an Aldovian security just take him out, just take him down and throw him in the back of a black van. I wanted this movie to lean into it so much harder, where they like break up the protest with violence. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, whoa, am I supposed to be that's on an- their That's side? another wrinkle for us to keep track of: is the police violence against Aldovians. Amber comes up to King Richard. Is this right? Should you be breaking up the protests? We have tradition here, Amber. You have to understand. Okay, well, I also want my wedding dress to be different. 
And those are equally important. <laughs> no, Amber, you will listen to Sahil. He, hold on, get, get those protesters and that women and children and put them in the vans. <laughs> go, go, murder vans. Take them, take them to the murder vans. <laughs> so my favorite, I didn't notice my bloody bloke, but my favorite protest sign I don't know. If, so everybody's got all these different signs that say, I lost my job. And they're that simple. Like mm. uh, the, the economy is bad. Um, one sign just says, why? Exclamation point, <laughs> question mark. Why? why? No, but that one protester has the right idea because we need to understand why this is happening. And they're not figuring it out. They were right. They were like, why don't you look into what's causing this? They never did. Not until this. Until this uh, Nobody. Know, audit the books of this nation. Just audit them and see what the hell is going on here. And you'd figure it out. <laughs> okay, so Amber's biggest concern is losing herself throughout this whole movie. That's her like number one thing is like, I want to stay who I am. And all you guys want to do is take away my identity. The fucking blog. The blog is on the line here. The blog is on the line. Her, she doesn't like heels and she's being forced to wear heels. I don't know if that's established in the first movie. So I, w- I was wondering throughout many shots of this film, if, if like Converse were part of her personality. <laughs> Because there's so many shots of her with like different colored Converse on, and sure enough, when she goes and hangs out with Emily and does like uh, and helps her like create her costume for the, her school play that's coming up, she's like and the finishing touch, and she fucking fly ass pair of Converse that she nice does it. So Converse are on the line. Blogging is on the line here. On the line during the speech a- afterwards, they get into a little bit of a, a fight where she mentions that we see somebody in the crowd near the protesters. This is the introduction of Simon, the villain. Uh, which I guess would be more poignant if you'd seen the first movie. Mm-hmm. For me, I was like, that guy's clearly the villain, but I have no idea what his <laughs> relationship yeah, is. Yeah, uh, this dude's like got disheveled hairs in the the protesters of the crowd. Like he's fucking Robert Pattinson in the Batman trailer. Like he's got black makeup on. <laughs> like, yeah. who is this guy? And a lot of like close-ups of his face where you can clearly see where his like uh, under lip piercing would be. <laughs> did, did you guys see that? I got distracted by that a multiple little times. Bit. Not at all. There's multiple close-ups of him where, like, he has, like, a, a chin piercing that's not there, but you can see the indentation. Anyway, I just took me what I'm movie. going back and rewatching tonight. <laughs> His character, yeah, no, a second viewing. This movie could really benefit from a second viewing. He he also kind of melts throughout the movie in terms of his character because he comes in strong as, like, this manipulative villain or whatever. And then slowly he just sort of turns into this blob as part of the royal family that is, like, not a threat, not important. It's the Loki storyline, you know? It's like, oh, man, I'm so I'm such a bad guy, but everybody loves me now. So but over the course be- of, like, 20 minutes, that's his whole arc. <laughs> yeah. No, remember when he drops the, hey, we should invest in Bitcoin line to save the country? Yeah, cryptocurrency. <laughs> that's um, the future. Yeah, no, Bitcoin could uh, really do us some good. Simon, would you stop it? Get out of my face. Shut the fuck up, Simon. You are a waste of life. Oh, cryptocurrency. This dark-haired member of the family, liter- a literal black sheep, when he walks into, like, the parlor or whatever, whatever the fuck they're doing, I don't know, they're drinking tea or whatever, like, a dr- dramatic music cues as if a commercial break is about to happen when he walks in. It, yeah. And, and everybody's like, oh, Simon. And then I'm like, oh, is that... Is that a guy? Is that important? And then, yeah, he's the cousin that tried to take over the throne in the last movie. And they, for some reason, are totally cool with him just hanging out. Like, they have no restrictions on him. After insulting him, yeah, putting him through the ringer for a hot second, like, okay, you can stay for Christmas. Yeah, they insult him, and they're like, stay for Christmas. Also, you can be kind of part of the wedding. Like, needlessly. I don't know, like, why. He's he's literally up there with the groom during the wedding. He's the best man. He becomes the best man. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he does help save Aldovia, but uh, we'll get there. I'm trying to oh. think for my wedding and a comparison in my life. And, and I... Just, the, your enemy yeah, the shows person up as your I best hate band. the most. <laughs> like, someone just goes outside right now with a bat and starts beating up beating up my truck. And then, like, a month from that, you know what? Get up here, you. you yeah, son of he, a bitch. He, he's the hesitant best man, you know? Like, y'all, you still don't like him, but, like, you deserve to be up here with me. Too. <laughs> yeah, because... Because he, oh, you know, no, I know he did a really heroic act that we'll get to later in the movie. Yeah, that, he that saved think... the tree lot. He he saved the tree lot. <laughs> yeah, for Dylan's story, he would he like destroyed his car and then also saved the tree lot, and that's how we. <laughs> no, no, he didn't save the tree lot. Uh, I was in a bar and some people ran in with cameras, and he got me out of there. That was his big <laughs> you know, heroic act. I think I can't tell though if that was int- like if he actually. Right. Tipped off the press. I think he did, but I, to what end? I don't know. Again, second viewing is going to mean the world. Yeah, we'll yeah, see little, these can- little Easter Let's eggs. cancel this podcast. Let's continue next week, uh, part two. Agreed. <laughs> let's watch this again. All right. So now we have a wedding planner scene with Sahil, and he's already introduced the concept of how he wants to plan this dress, plan this wedding. His character is hilarious to me because that actor plays it up so big, but he plays it up like he's this avant-garde like modernist wedding planner but then he's also totally on board for completely traditional weddings like he's in fact he's arguing for a really traditional wedding even though i think that from how he presents himself he would want the exact opposite he also mentioned something and i wanted to say this when he first talks about his credentials he's be like he's this genius he drops in that he uh and he gets interrupted but he says from a young age i was discovered to be a prodigy a prodigy wedding planner? <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. Listen, yeah. Chris, as 27 Dresses taught us, sometimes you discover, like, your your talent at a very young age. Catherine Hegel. Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Discovered how good of a bridesmaid she was at, like, seven years old, and she continued down that line. Same thing with, with uh, Sahil here, you know? I guess he must have just walked into a wedding that in like that was taking shape. They were like putting everything together, and then just started rattling off ideas. And people were like, yes. "Holy shit, these ideas are great!" Think Peggy and Mad Men. Some yeah. couple, he's walking down the street, and some couple just runs out of a church on fire, and they're saying, "We need a wedding planner now. Can anyone help us?" And his eight-year-old Sahil comes in, and for the rest of his life, just dedicates himself to wedding planning. Another thing I'll say about Sahil, very poor dresser. For being a wedding planner. <laughs> he wears the same thing every day. Also, did you notice his underlings that were in the background? Oh. Of, they they all have like some type of accented color on their person somehow. One has like a red streak in their hair. The other one has, has purple lipstick. Yes. One of them had a purple single glove. You didn't. He was never in the like the main person in the frame, but like a Michael Jackson glove that was purple, but just a single one of them. It's like he's the fucking Joker. Like he's got all these like little underlings that have this crazy style going on. To be honest, I, the I Sahil it. scenes for me were so like infuriating to watch. Like I literally had to turn my face away a couple times. Like it was so cringe. Yeah. I mean, he was he was it was such a bad performance, and there were parts of this movie that really made me laugh. And one part of the movie that genuinely made me laugh, and it was the very, very last part of the movie, which we'll get to oh, later. Okay, go on. There were no genuine laughs besides that one, but Sahil's scenes were like legit. Like this is this is so upsetting to watch. Like this guy's performance <laughs> is so bad. I couldn't. I, I couldn't take it. Almost all the performances are bad, though. I like his was. I feel like the director or whatever kept telling him bigger. 
bigger, bigger every single take until it was just over. It, like, and I can't imagine it was this guy's fault. And Sahil <laughs> interpreted bigger as, okay, I'll talk about myself in the third person more. <laughs> that's that's a bigger performance. That's got to be writing. That's got to be on the right. No way did he improvise all that stuff. I feel like he just put a Sahil in front of every sentence. I, at, at one point in the movie, it did get to that point. That YouTube channel that does like the script along with the scene. Like it shows the the script like moving along with the scene. I want that for Christmas Prince too, and I want to see how many Sahils were in there. He uh, has her wear the dress. She hates it. She's like, "This isn't me," or whatever. And she's wearing the heels, and she's like, "These heels aren't me either." Which again must be a thing from the first movie. Who knows? After that, she has like a few moments with Princess Emily. Where they sit down, she like helps her figure out what her dress is gonna be for the middle school Christmas show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what, what do you she's, mean? She's yes, in. it's very clear. The story of the Christmas show is very clear, and it's a very nice traditional story. Why would you joke about that? The thing I was joking about was that she had to make her own costume. Fair, fair point. Th- this is something and that happens every single year. She's, she's a part princess. Of the royal she can family. do whatever the fuck she wants. All right. Uh, yeah, maybe she wanted to. Yeah, she probably did. I'm going to have my own costume. And the person was like, okay, sure. You're the princess, whatever. Can we talk about Princess Emily? Yeah. Let's get into Princess Emily. A deep dive into Princess Emily real quick. She deserves it. Because I, I think the one of my last notes is Princess Emily is overpowered. Fuck this. <laughs> she's, she's overpowered. She She is good at everything. She is nice to everyone. And she can do everything. She is a professional archer. She is like do you see the archery scene. She is shooting bullseyes from the her seated wheelchair position. Like she's not even putting any effort into it. She's like talking to her, having a conversation. She's shooting bullseyes. She's a DJ. She's well. She's one of the world's top hackers. <laughs> She's, okay, I will say the hacker is suspect because I, she like slams the keyboard at one point and then just gains entry. She knew what she was doing. She she knew what she was doing. That's the, Simon got her there. But but her one weakness is that it's Amber's wedding and she's just so like she cares so much about her play that she's taking away Amber's focus from the wedding. I think okay, a hundred percent. But even worse than that, that's that's bad. But like kind of like a social faux pas even worse than that though tons of the citizens of the country are going unpaid they're not being paid for their labor and they go on strike like a national labor strike i'm totally on board for that sick of this fucking government good for you guys however this is tragedy for princess emily because she goes oh no the people that work at the theater are on strike we can't have my middle school play and crits how dare you because there's something on the line here that that you neither of you have mentioned. She's gonna make the fuck out with her middle school crush <laughs> in this play. There is a scene, scene twelve, where they will kiss. All right, and they're looking, they're both looking forward to it. She's like, oh, man, "There's a kiss in the scene. I can't wait." And then guess what? The fuck happens? The lights go down, and while during rehearsal, like all the the theater shuts down. I thought there was gonna be like a terrorist scene, <laughs> like it's gonna be the first scene of Tenet, where like the people storm the theater with with guns. But um, no, like the the union workers of this middle school uh, play playhouse, like we're, we've had enough. We're done yeah. in the middle of a rehearsal. They're like, yes. wait, we got to get these kids evacuated safely out of the building. Fuck that. Cut the lights <laughs> on them. Roll and shut it down, lads. They go over 
and they're in the lobby and Amber's, oh, what's going on? What happened to the lights? And the guy goes over, he unplugs the Christmas tree from the wall. That's how done they are. This with, is a union Christmas tree. With yeah. One guy's taking yes. a ladder home with him. He's like carrying out a ladder outside of the building. Is that his ladder from That's, home? You can't take that ladder. Like, fuck, I can't. It's my fucking ladder. You're with fucking management. You should die like a pig. There's like tons of fights in the street. People stabbing each other. <laughs> All while Princess Emily says that, you know, now she can't Mac on her, on her middle school sweetheart. And that's the final straw for uh, Amber. She's like, you know what? No, we need to take care of this. We need to do something. So the first, the Christmas tree picking. Now, this is something I've actually always wanted to do. I've always wanted to go out and cut my own Christmas tree down. I think that would be a ton of fun. Uh, they don't even do that in this movie, though. They just, like, go out and pick a tree and tie a little thing on it, and somebody else comes by, um, which I guess is a thing. Yeah, but uh, – and I completely agree with you. Like, first of all, can we put King Richard to work in this movie? I know he's, like, busy doing stuff, but, like, what, would it hurt them to, like, bring out the axe and, like, have a fun scene of, like, the king chopping down the tree, and he's like, whew, I sure I can't get one of the servants to do this. And yeah, they have a little funny banter about that. But instead, he chops it down, and they take it back in the sleigh. Nope. Tag it. Let's go home. Yeah, tag it and bag it, boys. And they just take that tree. Somebody else comes over, and the servants, I think he even says, come over and they they take the tree um, after they're gone. But uh, it would be great to see that. The thing is, though, if this is based on the royal family, like manual labor, physical labor, even like like exercise is really frowned upon, which I thought this movie was making a point of because they were like, she is so unusual with her blog. She's breaking all these norms. But they don't actually care about physical stuff, though, because they go toboggan racing immediately after this. The queen is even, like, the queen mother is even down for it, where she's just like, yeah, we got to go toboggan racing. So this movie can't make up its mind about what it actually wants out of its royal family, because that wouldn't be traditional, but toboggan racing. And not just a toboggan race. And not just a toboggan race, but a high-speed toboggan (laughs) race. I'm talking the camera shots that they get. I mean, these people are flying down this mountain. Like, if they crash, we're, like, serious injury. Pelvic damage. Like, a lot of broken bones. They are flawed, and they're they're cracking up. They're, like, hysterically laughing. Speed demons. There's also trees everywhere. Like, they're not in, like... Yeah, yeah. No, it's like a Mario Kart level that they're just going in and out. They're they're the most incredible toboggan racers I've ever seen. And then they just get to the bottom of the mountain, and I'm... Sure, they have like a SUV come down and pick them up and drive them back up. Dylan, what kind of couple is Richard and Amber when picking their Christmas tree? You know, like what, what's the dynamic there? Because I'm sure you've seen that in, in your expertise in your days of like, man, those people are going to get divorced in like eight months. Yeah, what's your read on their marriage? Yeah, so I work in the Christmas tree business, if that wasn't clear earlier. My complete utter lack of respect (laughs) for amber in that scene is because i i know the type of person that comes on the tree lot and is just like i you like that scene is pretty accurate to what like a nightmare couple on the christmas tree lot is to me (laughs) that's just going through all these perfect beautiful trees where he's like well this one looks great honey let's take this one no it's it's more of a triangle and not a cone oh ha 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 hardy har ha 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 uh, actual line from the movie, triangle, not a cone. Um, Dylan is very real right now, guys. This is he, he's getting very real. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. doing a little like bit before and like trying to. Hey, I'm in the podcast now. I'm fucking pissed. 
Um, the <laughs> this movie. Oh, this is people. bear on this side. Oh, and then and then picking out the probably the worst tree of them all. And by the way, they they get the tree back. It's like he's like, "Are you sure you want this one?" Uh, okay, he ties the red ribbon around it. And then the next scene is they brought the tree back, and then everyone's outside looking at the tree like this is the one you chose and then we like zoom up at the tree and it's like a normal looking tree uh there's nothing weird about it what, what was the point of that Th this movie just misses so many of those little like detail marks where it's like oh like they could do the uh christmas vacation christmas vacation you know like um ugly tree situation but instead they're like it's just a normal looking tree they don't it's like missing a branch that. that's it yeah, like, there's it's nothing really branches, weird. it's oblong, it's hideous. Amber's like, no, this is the one. And yeah, it looks like a Christmas tree. It's just a tree. We don't have to spend too much more time on this, but the way she describes the tree she's looking for, she's like, it needs to be more of a cone instead of a triangle. It needs to be more than my first impression of it. But then she pivots and just goes, I'm actually going to look for one that's unique. Like none of those check box, like none of those boxes get checked. I just want a unique one. Like, why did you care? That's a great point. And if you notice the area that she's looking in, it's it's the same camera shot in one section of the forest. She looks at four trees. Yeah. <laughs> so after they pick the tree, surprise, they're putting on the Christmas show at the palace. It was a big surprise for Princess Emily. It's like, you're still going to get your Christmas show. My first thought when this went down, Amber's a fucking scab. She's, she's a, a fucking scab. scab. She fucking non-union show. Cross non -union. She turned her back. She turned her back on the people that were fighting hard for their fellow man in this country. She crossed the line. She's a fucking scab. And I hate her. <laughs> There's so much of this movie that I feel like they address maybe kind of once in, in the form of a Christmas card from like an actual Aldovian citizen. But like they're having the time of their fucking lives in this palace. Putting on shows, picking trees, drinking hot cocoa, having people fly over in, and fly back indiscriminately while the country is literally dying, apparently, for all the <laughs> Bleeding citizens. money. And it would have been an easy scene to interject, just a simple, like, uh, I'm sorry, so we don't actually have ham tonight for dinner. We're running low on funds in the <laughs> royal family, too. And it could have, like, brought it home to them, too, where they're like, well, even we're being affected by this. Like, we really got to get to the bottom of this. Like, you imagine if we're being affected. Look at all the people out there. But it's still like, meet Jelly again. Ah, <laughs> toboggan <laughs> racing. We'll have the play here and invite all the parents. And, and the play will be great. <laughs> yeah, it'll be grand. And everyone seems to be having, like, a good time, too. They're, like, decent. This country is also the size, from what we know, is the size of, like, a postage stamp. It's fucking tiny. I think it's about 250 people live there, based <laughs> off of, like, what I've seen from the crowds. Like, the king is making a speech in public. There was about 25 people there. You best believe if this film had a bigger budget, they would have been going on, like, a grand tour of the country. Maybe the third movie covers that. I don't know. But, like, they go on a grand tour to see every part of the country. But we just see, like, I guess the capital, and it's, like, very small. And every, like, aerial shot, it's just, like, 20 buildings, maybe, max. All right, so they put on that Christmas show. Princess Emily gets her kiss, Joshua. She, she, she gets, gets her kiss. kiss. Hell yeah. yeah. Tom Quill? That's that's the other guy. He's shy, but he's fucking handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I, are, okay, here's a question I had. Your guys' take on this. Uh, how old is Princess Emily? 
how old is this little crew of the kids in the country from what I can see? Like this is the these are the kids in the country. This is the school. I'm going to gauge about like 14, 13 maybe. All right. I would say I was going to say like 12. All right. But mm-hmm. All right. Now now that we know that they're about 12, 14, somewhere in that range, maybe even like 15 almost. Like Princess Emily's like a hacker, a professional hacker. So I'll say like yes. maybe she's 15. Um, the play itself, the actual content and the <laughs> performance, uh, if, you, if you're not going to watch the movie, it looks like the kind of play that um, a preschool would do yeah. on no budget with uh, about a week to rehearse. Yeah, no, no lines really. I think there's like one or two lines that we know of. <laughs> no lines, no set, uh, no, no blocking. Everyone's just all kind homemade of, costumes. It's about a, the stage is about eight feet wide by eight feet. It's chaos. <laughs> no one's, no one has any discernible like agency. It's just kind of you go in, you growl, you walk off stage. It is, it is like preschoolers you're right because they they even like screw up on stage in a cute if they were little little kids would be a cute way where you're just like oh adorable they don't know what they're mm-hmm. doing uh, but then it'd be even weirder to like it's weirder that the old you know they wanted to make sure that princess emily got her kiss it's like weird how invested mm-hmm. amber is in that but it'd be even weirder if they made them kiss when they were in preschool but <laughs> you know what i mean i always find that stuff to be like really weird. when adults are super invested in that shit it always comes across as very creepy Fuck um, yeah, you're gonna kiss that kid. Um, so <laughs> your kids are gonna be in love. That, the kids uh, retire to the kitchen area, the kitchen set, oh, where God. it's bedlam because th- it's time for a fucking good old fashioned gingerbread cookie uh, bake off. Who can make the? Who can decorate the best cookie? As organized by Mr. Rudy Moore, Amber's dad. Yes. He runs his pops, diner, so he's yeah. like pops. Yeah, he's gonna uh, have a. A cookie off, so the kids have something to do. It's fun. Laughing children. He's drunk in this scene, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he is drunk supervising children, yes. Mm-hmm. He is definitely has some alcohol. He's tried to do, like, brandy and eggnog and then just drank the brandy. And he just had a lot of it. And then afterwards, chugged some eggnog. You can kind of see it in the background. Look for that clue. It's an Easter egg. And he's, and he's uh, hiding it, too. It's like, yeah. mm. And you can tell that the adults are uncomfortable by how this has all happened. Like the kids have just finished the play in the, in the, you know, in the uh, Royal theater. And it's just like, now they're in the kitchen. Like they're not supposed to be here. There's just like a food fight kind of developing. It's very messy. Like it's very unprofessional and you can see it in the adults faces. And then eventually chef Abana comes in and Mm. starts crying. He makes her cry. He He makes her cry. He does. Yeah, and it's revealed later that she's really like she wasn't crying because she. <laughs> this is so stupid, you guys. Like <laughs> this, this part of the movie is so stupid with the dad and the chef. Like, are we meant to think that they're falling in love? Like, that's definitely that never the pays off. Right? Yeah, they, they have that reveal off. scene where it's like, yeah, Avon is actually just crying because they reminded her of being a child in the kitchen and how much she loved it. It's so life stupid. is tough in Russia. My family starved. She she said life was tough growing up. She I thought I was so sure she was gonna say in Russia. But in Soviet didn't. Union, we cry every day. Do you know what like life like in communist regime, or are you just in your diner <laughs> making hot dogs? I have dog? a son. 
all he knows is this and she and she just alludes to like drago um yeah she she is very charmed by by rudy by pops uh we never see well Actually, do they? I think they dance at the wedding, but we're gonna dance. We don't know if they get together. The movie oh, does. Yeah. The movie's very oh, non-sexual. Yeah, it's very non-sexual. So it like no, no, no. I, I'd argue that it is the very end. But we'll again, we'll get to that. <laughs> everybody does get with their hookup at the wedding. Like everybody yeah. gets matched up like instantly at the wedding. It's like, all right, the director's like, all right, you sit here with this person. You're gonna make love to them. You sit here with this person. <laughs> you're gonna make love to them. As chaste as this movie is, you know, separate bedrooms, they, like, firmly establish that. They don't even get a kiss. We don't even see them get a kiss until they're married. As chaste as it is, every wedding movie, there's so much sexual tension at the reception that that's like fighting gravity. Even the director, the writer, they can't fight the sexual chemistry at a reception. That shit is just going off. We'll get to it, but you can't can't fight that. No matter how chaste you want to be, the actors are going to be feeling the vibe at that reception and really just like checking and look at each other out. They're going to fight that script. If you have them not together, they're going to fight that script. I really like that term fighting gravity. Can I go back real quick? Because that reminds me there's a great line in the movie that you just reminded me of mm-hmm. at one point in the movie in, in, this is during king's the king's speech he says the movie the king's speech in the movie the king uh, can we talk about king's i know it does not have, <laughs> doesn't have a wedding in it but in king richard he says for the crops to flourish rain must fall <laughs> like a fucking tyrant <laughs> like he's a <laughs> like he's a fascist dictator somehow i think i had an oreo in my mouth <laughs> When I was watching that and it just fell out of my mouth, I was like, what the hell just happened? And so we need these these camps, these detention centers for the, for the undesirables. We, we will them. suffer for a time. On the other side of the suffering, we will flourish as a people, strong and proud. The Christmas play will go on at the palace. <laughs> we will not yield to these union thugs. I wish the movie dealt. I wanted them to be the bad guys so badly. Oh my god, okay. they are kind of right. Like the, the they unions are, are brought up in a not a negative light, but like a. And the unions are doing that again. Next part of this movie, there's a conversation that goes down between Miss Everill and King Richard, and also Amber. They get gathered into a room, and she tells Amber, "You cannot have your blog." Like, your blog is... Or no, she before King Richard gets in there, she just tells Avril, you can't have a blog. She shows her the pictures of, like, the cookie making and goes, do you think this is how people want to see the royal family? And it's, like, an adorable picture of Princess Emily. And it's just like, I, yeah, what the fuck? Like, she's so... It's like a, a professionally taken photograph. Yeah, it's well, that's really just the new nice. iPhone. It's just the new oh. iPhone, Dylan. It's so it clean. So, it's yeah, so this, good. this week's episode brought to you by iPhone 12. Um, mm-hmm. B- buy it. That was such a great sponsor to get, guys. Apple. I mean, that way to go. That was huge. I mean, it's a privilege to be, you know, uh, talking about such a good product. Quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, t- sorry. Full disclosure. They actually haven't bought an ad spot. We're sort of doing a backdoor ad where if we do the <laughs> ad for them, we're hoping they will approach us. Does that make sense? Yes. After that, she says, like, you know, "I'm not going to lose my blog or whatever." Her friends then fly in. Her friends that, by the way, she complained to earlier in the movie via, you know, web chat or whatever. She complained to them about, you know, I feel like I'm losing myself and this isn't what I expected it to be and whatever, whatever. 
they're friends who I guess worked for the paper in or like the magazine in the first movie. One of them's unemployed, and the other one's working as a, a night security job that he doesn't like. And she's just complaining to them. Like it seems he shitty. immediately calls her out. He immediately yeah. says some shit like, "Oh yeah, it's, it feels so ho- sorry for you in your fucking palace as you're about to be a queen of a country as I'm working the night shift." Fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude. Good job. Good job. Can we get rid of this in movies where the Skype calls are movie HD quality? Yeah, yeah, it looks I'm, terrible. It's it just like we know that this is not a real Skype call movie. Stop pretending that it's a like put some effect on it. Make it a little like jiggity jaggedy uh, buffery. It's just like a complete crystal clear image on a screen. Like not since Iron Man one have I been so insulted by the quality of a video call. <laughs> I'm so over it, and this movie put me over the top. I just don't want it in movies at all. Yeah, frankly, just take it out of movies. I, I don't think it's necessary. It's just boring. That might be a step too far, and that's a little bit of a controversial thing to say. But I, I'm gonna I take will that hot take. <laughs> The my least favorite performance in the movie is Sahil. I think the worst actor in the movie is the night security guard friend. Yes. Oh yeah, my god. 100%. This poor 100%. guy. I I hope he's not listening to this. Listen, he he doesn't say one hundred, but he basically says that at one point. He's like, oh, Oh, one hundred. Like. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't know where they got this guy. I don't know how he got called back for the second movie, but I, I don't know. I don't even think that a lot of the performances are that bad besides those two, but whoa. Most of them are mediocre. They don't like frustrate me, but those two are just straight up bad. And when they're introduced to in after the Skype call, when they actually are come over in person, they fly over. That's where we see Princess Emily doing her archery. And she says some like line that's supposed to be a metaphor for something that Amber's thinking. It's like super on the nose and it's dumb. Uh, like so much of the dialogue in this movie is she gives her a chance to shoot the bow and arrow then somebody just like says amber's name and they're just like amber and she does a full 180 and she just fires an arrow in their direction she does a full 180 sees who it is cocks it back a little further and releases (laughs) an aimed shot yeah strong enough to destroy a stone statue destroy explodes a statue's head on impact and An I have to imagine that statue, statue. is old. Yes, yeah. a very expensive statue. Hundreds gone. of years old. Part of their culture, their history. And she blows it up with a fucking arrow. <laughs> Bam. And again, she wasn't startled or anything. She was in a place with another person. She wasn't alone. Someone just said, Amber! <laughs> she turned around and tried to kill her friends. Good, good for you, Amber. I'm totally, I'm totally on your side throughout everything. She explains to her friends, something fishy's going on. And I may just be the most important blogger, which is the most important profession of all time yeah. ever across the entire world. That's right. So I'm going to get to the bottom of this economic crisis. Something weird is going on. I think Amber passed on the Panama Papers when that came out. She's like, <laughs> Aunt Panama Papers too small, but Meadowlands Company? <laughs> hmm. Are we to that part yet where she writes that down in the notebook? I, again, up to this point... All it is is that a bad feeling about something wrong happening with, with the economic situation. They have no proof other than the fact that they can immediately find proof of what's going on here. But they're just like, it's so weird that we're in an economic recession despite us hiring people. Oh, and then she just re- revisits that. She's like, I have to look into this further. She gets a Christmas card from an Al- angry Aldovian 
and she presumably somehow tracks him down with her government authority. And she she finds out which bar he's at as he's drinking away his troubles. And then she simply, with her friends in tow, she just asks him how you lost your job. And that unveils a, like a countrywide economic conspiracy in that like this guy whose company was hired to do work was then fired. But because his company uh, was no longer getting hired, some other company was getting hired called Meadowlands. And then he says, yeah, Meadowlands. There's something fishy going on here. To which she writes down <laughs> Meadowlands and fishy. Fishy. Good notes. <laughs> She's such a good journalist. She's, She's such, such a, a good journalist. journalist. Those are her. Those are her leads. Is the word Meadowlands and something fishy. That was fishy. so utterly disrespectful and stupid to the to do that to the audience. I don't know if it wasn't a joke or not. Do you think it might have been a joke for the audience? No. Not I don't all. want to give this movie that credit. 100% I don't. serious. <laughs> Guys. I think these movies are campy and it might have was supposed to be kind of this cutesy thing or whatever. But the actual jokes in this movie, there's no actual good joke in this movie. So I don't want to give them credit because that would be that would be funny if it was way more. If it was like an airplane style movie, that would be funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To write something dumb like that down. But it's not. It's not that kind of movie. So I don't want to give it credit. I like to give Amber some credit. It took Jason Bourne two hours and ten minutes to figure out Treadstone. She <laughs> does. She figures out Meadowlands in six minutes after visiting a bar and talking to someone. Meadowlands. Meadowlands was a project. <laughs> Meadowlands is over. Why do you I keep what? getting these headaches? Why do I know <laughs> that I could go out to that car and there's probably a gun in the glove compartment? That I could run six minutes before my fingers start to shake. Look what Meadowlands <laughs> d- does to us. Look what they make us give. <laughs> So they they discover they get a lead that there's something fishy going on with Meadowlands and this company. What's what's the deal with this company? And the guy even says like they say it's Aldovian, but I don't know. And then the paparazzi show up like, oh man, the paparazzi's here at this at this pub at this at this low level pub. She can't be seen here, or I guess she already has. But like, what are they gonna do? Kill her? I don't know. And then uh, Simon shows up through the back door, nonetheless, and is like, I'm gonna get you out of here. It's like we don't trust you. He's like, don't worry, you don't need to trust me. You want to take your chance with me or the paparazzi? And so they go out the back door to to a shitty call, car and make a grand escape. Yeah, he he helps them get out of there, and even in the moment they have to like check. Be like, well, you were the one who called the paparazzi, weren't you? He's like, why would I do that? I was trying to get you out of here. And I'm like, because you're a manipulator? There's like an yes. obvious answer to that. Chaos like, is a ladder, and he, he did this to gain favor, probably. Yeah. Because apparently a year ago, you tried to uh, install a coup. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you tried to overthrow over the crown, Simon. We, we didn't forget that. That happened a year ago. And you've done also, you've done nothing to repair that reputation because you just showed up again. Uh, like a couple of days ago, they do reference this exact moment as like proof of that, though. To that he's made. Well, he saved me from paparazzi <laughs> that he called. Anywho, so they they make their escape and then they all together over some nice hot cocoa and with Emily there, they they start to piece together the things like, hey, something fishy is going on on with Meadowlands here. And Emily strolls in like, hey, what did you, how how much of this conversation did she hear? She's like, enough. And then she, like, proposes that she's going to be the one to hack into, like, the Meadowlands documents to find out what's going on. I'm sorry. I lost it at this point in the movie. I started busting (laughs) up laughing. Emily is, as I said earlier, so overpowered. You cannot have a character like this that does everything necessary. Nerf Emily. Nerf Emily. Yeah, nerf the (laughs) shit out of Emily. She's way OP. 
so 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 disrespectful to Emily too. Okay, Emily, you can you can hack this, right? You can get in there. Uh, yeah, it's gonna take me a while, but yeah, I can do it. Just give me some time. All right, <laughs> great, Emily. Australian. <laughs> no, she's British. That was oh, a very mate, posh yeah. British accent. Posh she's very British. posh. She is. Yeah. It, so okay, yeah, just give me some time. And okay, great. How Emily? How much <laughs> right, time? Love. How much time do you think it'll take? I don't know, like all all night for me, like all night. Okay, well, and they all look at each other. Well, Emily's got this hacking thing down. Do you know what that means, right? Bachelorette party Bachelorette time. party. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Terrible economic strife. People are starving in the streets. Thank God it's Bachelorette night, though. They can sort of forget about things. Lame-ass Bachelorette party, if you ask me. I mean... The worst. They paint each other's nails, and they eat some cookies and drink champagne. That's the gist of it. We don't they even get, get to see the party. They're just... No. It's just the three of them. It's not a party. It, There's no... It's a three-second, like flash and they're all just sitting there laughing in robes going <laughs> so after this moment emily is called in to mrs avril and the the king or whatever they all get into a room and she says like look the reason i called you guys in here is this blog stuff has to stop you know there were pictures of her at a bar last night which the king immediately defends is like yeah it was her bachelorette party which is like <laughs> okay all right this guy got he knows he's like yeah they're bar hopping that's fine. But it, of course, it's crossing a line when it's not bar hopping, but it's investigative journalism. <laughs> then it's, whoa, can't do that. So he gets upset and she says, you have to quit your blog. And of course, Amber is like, I'm not quitting my blog. My blog is all that I have. It's my career. It's, it's my, my personality. personality. Yeah, good. I've got my <laughs> blog and my converse. I can't lose half of who I am. I can't lose that. And her husband-to-be does not defend her. Which is a bad look. He's the fucking king. You think yeah, if you just what, said what the hell? He's, he's she just keeps bending. the blog. Avril, whatever her name is, her name is Avril. She could she just maintains and and maneuvers all of the political power in this country. Evidently, yeah, she's the shadow government, is what it seems like, because she can control the king. Again, the most powerful position in the country, and you can't just be like she can have her blog. <laughs> like, yeah, she's not even a chief of staff. She's just kind of like in charge of the servants. And, like, also, like, kind of run some events around. But she's dictating national policy on a day-to-day basis. So, at this point, Amber disappears. She goes completely off the radar. Everybody's looking for Amber. Everyone's looking for Amber. search. Everybody's, what the fuck happened to Amber? Where is Amber? Sahil's freaking out. He's he's running up and down the staircases. It's it's drama. They thought this part was going to be funny, though, because they have the dad, Rudy. He, like, runs back and forth in the same place a couple of times. And uh, it's it's played like a Scooby-Doo joke almost. And I'm like, this is is not played for a laugh at all. This is, like, a serious scene. This man needs help. He has no idea where he is. He's so drunk. Now, this would have been a great thing to do right before the wedding. Right. Like, right before the ceremony. You know? But instead, it's like... Oh, the ceremony's in three days. We just got to find her in the next three days and everything's chill. Okay. Here's the thing, though. This movie's an aspirational film. So the the actual ceremony and the reception have to go off perfectly. Because what they want is they want to have their cake and eat it, too. Because they could also have this big political confrontation at the ceremony if you wanted extra drama. Have her disappear before the wedding. Then have the wedding go off. Then have the confrontation at the reception. But you don't want to ruin either of those things. So those have to be wrapped up before then. Because, you know, it's this fantasy of her being, like, this incredible sleuth who, like, figures out this economic problem and then also has the perfect wedding. Uh, she, so she disappears. 
the the king i guess this must be a callback to the first movie yeah because the king goes i know exactly where she is and she's in a cabin isolated in the middle of the woods she's in the rocky four cabin this is where rocky actually (laughs) trained to fight ivan drago and she's in the same cabin which is cool she's in there she has like one of those like wood things over her shoulders and she's like running in the yeah yeah, just gets to her going really crazy with jump rope with adidas on (laughs) yeah Anywho, There's like a um, picture of yeah. a- Mrs. Avril on her mirror and she grabs it and crunches it in her hand. Yeah, I Avril! assume this was like, <laughs> this was the cabin where like maybe they got snowed in in the first movie and they're like, I don't like you. Well, maybe I like you a little bit. And then, you know, maybe something happens. And so, of course, this is where she is. I also, so he's like, I know where she is, right? He hops on a Clydesdale, this big, beautiful a Bud Wiles, A Budweiser Clydesdale. Yeah, and and. I don't know if you guys thought this was lame. I thought this was so lame. He puts on a riding helmet. <laughs> Fuck off. Well, safety first, Dylan. Come safety on. first, you He's host. surrounded by like four feet of snow. What's he going to fall off and like fall in some snow? Like have a dramatic like he's riding through his hairs, tossing back. Instead, he's got this like riding helmet on and it's like buckled below his chin. And he's like, he's like galloping at a like safe pace like the, there are two shots of like horses in this in this movie where horses are taking people to the snow just aside this is an aside i i kept thinking to myself the horses when they go out they're like oh, fuck it's cold shit man oh, it's really cold out here you have, you have me fucking going oh man it's so cold anyway <laughs> they find her they have a little they have a reconciliation it, there's the drama is resolved almost immediately where it's like you know what you're right about everything I will change how I act. I am I'm in the wrong, Amber. You are not in the she wrong. She also whatsoever. says, I mean, yeah, the wedding. Thank you for getting on my side about the wedding, but also there's something else you need to know about. Um, I think at this point they find out that like the all the money is being embezzled by this man Leopold, of whom they trusted, who was like his father's advisor or something like that. Who's a character in this movie? They don't way. find that out yet. Oh, they don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They have this confrontation, and simultaneously. They uh, finally hack in. And this is what I wanted to point this out. Amber's friends are such ladder climbers. Like, she meets Simon, her friend, and she is so thirsty. She is, like, all over That's this right. dude mm-hmm. who the only thing she knows about him is that he's done, like, one good thing in his entire life. And, and just before that, he was just, like, a scheming piece of shit. And she's immediately falling for him because he's royalty. And it's just like, oh, God, you guys are the worst. Like, you and Amber, you all deserve each other. You're just so bad. Nothing sweet, nothing endearing about that relationship. Just complete, like, sleaze from both of them. Uh, I have yeah. a quote here uh, from that. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else was pulling this up or, or wrote down this quote. Um, Simon says, so you're from New York? And she says, Queens. And he says, nice. Nice. <laughs> And that's no exaggeration in the way he says it. He says, nice. <laughs> we supposed to like him at this point? I don't know what the is, movie is wants that from like, us. Uh, is that a, a tip of the hat? Like maybe a nod that like they're going to get together and then try to overthrow the country again? That's how I'm reading that line. That's oh, how I'm reading that. Oh, interesting. You know? In the queen's aspect of it, like, oh, you could be my queen. We could do some exactly, damage here. Exactly, yeah. This is Anakin killing killing the the raiders, the Tusken Raiders in episode part in episode two. You know what I'm talking about? Like, mm, we're going to come back to this moment. This moment means something. You give the movie a lot of credit because I took it more at face value that he heard the word queens and then was like, I like that. <laughs> I like royalty and power. 
and he has no idea what Queens is. And he just oh he just God. heard that word. He was like, so oh, dull. yes. Mm, royalty. Ladder climbing. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos is ladder. So there's that. There's, um, there's like, uh, th- that's the last scene of the movie. And then there's the, the two chefs, the two parents, and then like the mom. Maybe no, 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 gonna... no, 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 no. Sorry. The, the, this, the last scene before the reception is the confrontation scene. Yes. At? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm skipping ahead of a little bit where everybody's about to fuck apparently at the, at the <laughs> yeah, reception. Yeah. Anywho, continue. So, Let's wait yeah. for the orgy because I think before that is the political before, confrontation. Before the orgy scene is the confrontation. Right. Yeah. Before that uh, is the political confrontation where they find out that this advisor this other royal member who was called in at the beginning of the movie to assist with the economic crisis he is actually the owner of a shell company that is uh siphoning all the funds from the country to his personal account i guess and it it took them like three seconds to figure it out it's not well hidden at all it's not clever it's very obvious and on the nose. Anybody with any access to those files would have been able to see. It would have been great to have some character come in and be like, did you not think that we wouldn't find this? Like, you could have called this, you could have put this in the Caymans. You could have gone through a couple other agents. Your name like, is on the document. Yes, exactly. They also throw him in a dungeon. And I don't know what the laws are in uh, this country. But I don't think he actually did anything illegal. He did something really shitty and he should be ostracized for it. But was it illegal what he was doing? Because nobody told him. There was no law on the book that was like, no, you can't do this. Like, I, as far as I can tell, they just, they, there's bow and arrow on the wall. Emperor grabs it as this guy's trying to leave and threatens his life <laughs> immediately. That's right. Again, without, without presenting any proof. So everyone's just like, it's that, cool that, that she's going to kill the this proof. dude. You're stealing money. It's right there. Just- no, no, no. They just have claimed that. They haven't shown them the documents yet. They don't even have to show them the one piece of evidence that Citizens they have. Citizens arrest. And it's a very smart move because at this point we know that Amber is like Legolas with a machine gun. Uh, yeah. When she has a bow in her hand and will literally evaporate you if, if you decide if you she de- if you she decides she wants to. It's like she's pointing a fifty cal at this guy's chest, like, right? Pl- like point blank, mm-hmm. and this guy knows it for some. He feels it. Yeah. You can tell. He's like, like holy shit. shit! I saw that I have statue the in the ass. See if I, yeah. See if I if I won't do it. Um, there, there is a joke about a dungeon multiple times throughout the movie. Like, oh, I'm going to put you in the dungeon. Ha ha. And so the queen mother, you know, convinced that this man is, is, is stealing funds from the country, tells the two servants to arrest him and throw him in the dungeon, which is real. Apparently they yeah. even have to say like, it's a very old dungeon. That's like very real. And like, is for real, for real. going to mess this guy the fuck up. So they it's very archaic. Them. You will suffer. Exactly. Like they say, is there an actual Iron Maiden down there? Maybe. We don't know. But There's my no cops queen, here, apparently. The mold down there alone would be enough to kill a man in minutes. Are you <laughs> sure you want to do Yes! He stole jobs from Altopians. <laughs> he deserves to die. He took money through a shady but legal method. Kill him. <laughs> Aldovians look after their own. They don't care about the. Evidently, they don't, they don't care about the legality. They're just gonna take this guy into a dungeon and do whatever they want with him. If it was mob justice, if the unions got their hands on him, I'd be more okay with it. The fact that it's the elites that still you know serve this justice to like one of their own, I'm like he's getting away with it somehow. No he's gonna way, get man. to keep that money and he's gonna they, be fine. So the next scene after they reveal to the country in a dramatic moment where, where Richard's like, you know what country I'm going to speak to you. I'm even going to tear up this speech that I have in front of me. I'm going to say this right from the heart. We found the guy that did it. We have somehow gotten all the money back that he took. And guess what? Not only are you all getting paid for the money that you got, 
bonuses for everybody. Everybody's getting money. Everybody's getting stipends. Everybody in the pub just goes, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and there's a clink. There's a glasses clink in that moment. I don't know if you noticed. Where a fucking full beer flies out of the cup. They don't give a shit. They're all rich now. It's like fucking little they, Wayne playing in the background. Everybody's getting nuts. They just like they lost their shit when in reality they're probably each getting like four hundred and fifty dollar one time checks that like have a bunch of stipulations on it. Like you have to use it in like a certain amount of days. Like you're getting a debit <laughs> card. Like actually, like if you're an earner of over fifty k a year, you're not getting one of these checks. Um, <laughs> Also, the idea that the money he siphoned out of the country is completely liquid is hilarious. Where it's like, oh yeah, there's seven, several billion dollars of liquid cash just sitting in this guy's account somewhere. Yeah. Like no government it. agency picked he didn't up move on it. that. He just was collecting it because, oh yeah, I'll, just, I'll put that shit somewhere else in a, in a second. It's, oh fuck, they caught me before I did. It, it's a weird <laughs> thing too, if you really want to dissect like the actual way he went about doing it was investing in infrastructure and education and all this kind of stuff. It kind of makes it seem like the movie telling us we shouldn't see what happens when we invest in education and infrastructure. Bad things happen. People embezzle that money. Instead, the rich should give out these <laughs> checks to people and be in charge of the money themselves. That way they can control things. The very end of this movie... It's the wedding reception and the wedding itself. The wedding's super small. It's like not super royal. It, whatever. It's, it's nothing. The wedding that she it's wanted. bullshit. It's the wedding that she wanted. It's simple. It's it's traditional. She's wearing a terrible dress. It's in a yeah. dark church. Yeah, it's a gross, grimy, dark, dark church. It's very like, small. It's like concrete. It's in the dungeon, it looks like, yeah. Yeah, she did establish earlier that there's a little give and take. She did say, like, I get that this has to be big and royal, and I'm willing to make that concession, but it also has to be me. It's not big and royal, but this is what, like, that's the, the idea of big and royal. Whatever. She also shows off that under her gown, you can't see it, but she shows to her husband, she's got them Converse on. Mm -hmm. Bejeweled Converse. Hell yeah. Very classy. Yeah. A very, very strange nice. time to reveal it, too. Like, she's halfway down the middle of the aisle walking <laughs> towards, in, in front of everyone, she, like, pulls them out and shows. It's like, oh, cool. Right. Oh, hello. <laughs> and he, and you could tell he's just like, he's just salivating at those shoes. That's like his one big thing. He's like, I love those covers. You know what? For just watching a whole hour and a half movie about a Christmas prince, I know nothing about this guy. <laughs> no. I don't know jack shit about, um, what's his name? Richard? Like, I don't know anything Richard, about yeah. him. I have to assume that he has a huge fetish for Converse. That's the only logical explanation why he likes Amber. And you keep oh. saying it, and I believe it. She, this this woman, you don't understand. She wears Converse, and she has her blogs. <laughs> and that's just, that does it for me. Mm, the Prime Minister. Um, yes, could we please focus on the infrastructure <laughs> um, plan? And getting... there, there, is, there is a Prime Minister. I did. I did like that they mentioned that, like yeah. not just the king, but apparently the king does have a lot of power. I don't know, crazy amount. Uh, the reception goes down. Uh, it's a pretty whatever reception. It has a lot of pomp and circumstance. However, they do play Canon in D, which is a total banger of a track. That song fucking slaps. I can't <laughs> believe they fucking played it. That's my jam, man. Canon in D. Mm, is that I love it? Which one's no, that? No, no, no. That's that's the. Uh, the theme song to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two guys in a wedding. Uh, subscribe now, everybody. Um, so yeah, they they're it's all going down there. But then they interrupt the the string quartet, which is uh, by the way they're playing a f 
like when the music starts, it's a full orchestra playing, even though it's just five people. It's a, it's a, you know, pentet, a quartet. It's basically a street quartet playing. Then they tell him, shut the fuck up, because we got another thing going down. And then Emily, Princess Emily, reveals a whole DJ set that she just, you know, pressed and play she's on. a DJ. She she's is a DJ. so overqualified for being the thirteen-year-old. <laughs> she can do any, and she's the flower girl. <laughs> So she presses play conga line, baby, an American tradition, because of course it is. Conga line starts going. Uh, is like, that a given? Is that a given? Like, that it's like a, I could see that in the end of a Golden Girls episode. Like, oh, they do a conga <laughs> line. That's all right. It's so like this movie doesn't think we're stupid they know we're stupid <laughs> and we are stupid for watching we gave in oh, we, yeah. we are stupid for watching and don't, you better believe your ass i'm watching the third one. Oh, we're gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go back and watch the first i was about to say uh dylan at your own wedding because keep in mind here dylan is the groom the titular groom here um uh, yeah or nay on conga line what's the deal oh hell yeah shit <laughs> fuck yeah i mean now that i know i'm doing <laughs> it's that a tradition just want to point out here real quick cake big deal cutting the cake's a big deal happens at this reception it looks like a pretty average looking cake when they feed each other a slice of cake it looks nothing like cake it looks like, and a like they're cheese- feeding each other yeah it's like a cheesecake or like it, honestly it just looks like fucking play-doh they're just eating play-doh it's like a little tiny sliver of like play-doh it's gross and I'm like that's disgusting what are you guys Adobe doing and traditional cake it's but the, we see the cake later on though and it's actual cake it's made <laughs> so of i don't yogurt. know what they're eating yeah. they're eating like the um fondant Fondant, uh, make fondant cakes all the time. Yeah, fondant looks really nice and tastes terrible. So (laughs) it's just for decoration. But it looks like they're eating just the fondant in that moment. They're like feeding it to each other. It's an allegory for the film itself, I believe. For their relationship. Yeah. Um, They play the conga music. Afterwards, they have a moment to themselves out in that courtyard. That courtyard is visited like four or five times throughout this movie. It's like the Game of Thrones rose garden kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, they really get their money's worth on that set. I mean, they had to build that outdoor. They had to build that indoors, outdoors. You knew that they were going to get their fucking money's worth out of it. Yeah, (laughs) they go there. So they have a a cute little moment at the end. That's that's the movie. It's a wrap. Uh, There's bloopers. Which I was so pumped that we got bloopers. You know what? It crossed my mind. I don't know when, but the last half hour of the movie, I'm like, I wonder if there might be like bloopers. I don't know why I never think that when I watch movies nowadays because I just don't. Expect they almost it. never do. Yeah, it was so refreshing to see bloopers. It doesn't. Ha- it doesn't matter how many times, how many other movies have done it since then. No matter what, every time there's a blooper reel at the end of a movie, I'm just thinking Rush Hour Two at the end of it. Like Chris Rock is there. What, what kind of fish is this? What kind of Aldovian fish is this? Cafelta, <laughs> Aldovian. They should have had, honestly, they should have spent the extra money. It's Netflix. They got the cash just yeah. to get him in for one blooper. Yeah. Damn, he ain't going to be in in, uh, Prince, in Christmas Prince 3. He ain't going to be in I think all three of us will agree that the bloopers were super disappointing and not funny at all. But the last blooper actually yes. made me laugh. Me too. I was going to say, you said earlier, you said there was one thing that made you laugh in this movie genuinely. I was like, it's this blooper. Yes. Which, which blooper was good. that? Which one Do you want to describe it? Go, go for so it. So the very, very last blooper, the very last thing you see before the Netflix watch next pops up is the three friends. It's Amber and her two friends and they're running into a car and they're like, oh, go, 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 go. They're running. In, and, and Simon driving? I can't remember if that's Yeah, yeah. It. It's, the, it's the escape scene the escape from the scene. bar where Simon's helping them get out in his car. And so Simon's in the front seat. And they get in. And they all three of them rush into the back seat of this little sedan. And they sit in there quietly for a second. And Amber says, so I guess none of us sit in the front seat? 
<laughs> yeah, none of us in the front seat with you. Which I did like because when I saw that scene as they're going into it, I was thinking like, wait, who's, who's going to sit in the front seat? I assume three of them aren't going to sit in the back. So, so, so I, I went back to back watch to that. that scene. Yeah. yeah, I went back to watch that scene because I was like, I, I wish they did the three in the back. I was hoping that they would because that would establish some subtle character stuff of like they don't trust him. So they don't sit in the front seat. Really but of course lot. they don't. Yeah. Um, her friend though that like wants Simon is the one who sits in the front seat. So Which makes sense. Yeah. Gotta give me a break. Come on, Christmas Prince. <laughs> I was hoping that they would do three in the back because that did make me laugh. Where I was just like, <laughs> it's like yes, like nobody sits in the front. I've had that happen before where we a bunch of people sit in the back because they don't want to sit in the front seat with somebody. <laughs> so good. All right, so that's the end of uh, the royal wedding, a Christmas Prince, that's or right. well, yeah, a Christmas Prince, the royal wedding. God, drop the the. It would be so much cleaner. Drop the the. Anybody else have any other notes or anything they want to go over? I did like that we got a Shrek reference in the movie. You <laughs> never hear that in movies where they drop a Shrek bomb. But I thought it was great. It was good. It's when uh, Princess Emily is talking about the story of how Santa Claus got his magic powers. She Ember's like, oh, that's a story of Shrek, right? And she's like, no. She's like, no, fuck that shit. And then she's like, oh, so it's like Frozen. She's like, no. Fuck that shit. It's, it's this. <laughs> Are you listening to me, Amber? I said, fuck, no. And she wheelchairs away like, fuck. I'm listening <laughs> to what me. What is her problem? The cynical side of me just believes that the writer knew that the internet liked Shrek and felt the need to throw it in there. But I like that it's there regardless. Well, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. That was a lot of fun. And thank you for coming on the podcast. There is just one last thing we have to do. Joshua, are you married? I am not married right now. Uh, Dylan, are you married? No. I'm not married either. <laughs>